And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Welcome to the Weighing In Podcast, where my man is finally back from traveling all over the nation, trying to pick up little scraps here and there. I don't know what the hell he was doing, but he is back and we're ready to get going. We got a ton of fight announcements, all kinds of things that are going on. How you feeling? A little hungover, a little, little jet lag, or no, you're Texas bound and ready to nope. go. No, nope. no, I'm not That's hungover all at nope. all. Really nope. what it comes. Nope. No, no. What it came down nope. to was nope. I landed in, uh, in California. I was like, man, I already want to go home. <laughs> so I was ready to get out. Oh man, it was great. But uh, no, it was good to see all some old friends and stuff. I had to tie up some loose ends and um, got in late last night around midnight. Flights were all canceled, delayed. Tran, you know, like I actually, we all got, I got on the plane. Everyone was on, getting ready to close the doors, and they say, "Oh, wait, sorry guys, we actually need to switch you guys to another plane." So there's a plane in gate C seven, which just so happens to be four terminals over. Go right ahead, everyone hop off, <laughs> walk all the way across the airport, get on this very, almost basically the same exact plane. And uh, that took another two, I'd say that took about another hour and a half easily. And uh, yeah, so I didn't get in, we didn't get into California until about midnight, a little over midnight. And then, uh, then yesterday coming back, wasn't too bad, a couple little delays here and there, but just a shit show. Right now, Delta's kind of making me look stupid because... <laughs> I've been talking everybody into joining Delta, join Delta, join Delta. And man, they've canceled flights in the just as of recently. I'm getting nothing but canceled flights, delayed flights, uh, shifting me and moving me from one flight to another and going the opposite oh, direction. Dude. I That's what pisses me off. Like I had a, I had a flight to Salt Lake, Salt Lake to San Jose. It's like you're to, maybe total about a six hour, six and a half, six hour, you know, travel time. But instead, they canceled that flight, and they they transferred my flight over to fucking Atlanta, going two and a half hours the other way, and then turning around and going all the way across the country to get back to San Jose, fucking five hours. I mean, the whole thing, you have an hour and a half, two-hour layover in Atlanta. It's like, man, I booked that flight for a reason. I wanted to get there by a certain time. Just, ugh, it's annoying. It is what it is. All that bailout well, money still can't have flights on time. This is you. Oh, you're always trying to tell me, oh, no, you need to switch over to Delta and stuff. And then yeah. I'll have American who I fly all the time. And I, I was in Ireland and they fucking canceled my flight. So I was stuck there, right? So it was your man Fish, who is a Delta guy. He sets me up with a flight to, it'll fly straight from Dublin to Atlanta and then Atlanta to where I need to go. And uh, sure enough, I get into freaking, uh, Atlanta and they canceled Delta canceled my flight. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Yeah, they're on way better. Well, at least yeah. I'm on home turf, I guess. I can and you're drive. Like a couple, what's that? A couple hours away, right? Two hours? Three two hours. Half? Three, hours. Three hours. hours. My wife. My wife yeah. had to come down and get me. Yep. Yep. So wasn't it was six was hours that, of driving for her? Wasn't that your anniversary or that was New Year's Eve? Uh, that was uh New Year's Eve. I think it was New Year's was Eve, right? Say. Yeah, because it was front. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Figures. Yeah, yeah. Lovely, it was a lot of fun. No, 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 no. New, New Year's Eve was from New York. Yeah. From that was New York. I was stuck at stuck at LaGuardia. That oh, was like man. another fun one. Yeah. <laughs> Can't win. Uh jo John, do me a favor before we get into the fights, will you just reduce your gain by like half an inch on there? On that little dial. Half an and, inch. Um, 
Yeah. How's that? Better? Um, I was, was going to make a joke. Uh, <laughs> we'll better? roll with it at the show, and then, I'll, and then I'll help you go further if we need is to do more. Is that better? After. You want yes, more? Yes, it sounds better. No, it's you good. sure? Let's roll with it. Because I, I can actually yes, turn sir. that knob more. I don't know. If, can, can, can you give more? I mean, I mean, that's not what she said. <laughs> I wasn't giving more. I'm, I'm giving a lot less. I'm, I'm cutting inches uh, off right now. Okay. <laughs> oh, this man. Is, this is not gaining. I'm not gaining. I'm losing right now. You know what's crazy to me, right, John, is that we do, we, like, all this traveling, all this thing. Man, the airlines are some of the biggest, or, or some of the biggest businesses. Oh. They got the most money in this whole yeah bailout bullshit and, and yet and they lie flights. like a son of a bitch <sighs> it's killing me they sit there and go oh we have mechanical difficulties oh, sure you do yeah i'm looking at the plane no one's working on it right <laughs> yeah. but it's got mechanical difficulty mm-hmm. uh-huh. that's why i'm gonna something. sit here for another eight hours yep no it's always interesting all right hey we get, you know what let's let's go ahead and Part start this podcast of the business let's start this podcast off with some good hearted news we got a fight this weekend, man. We got a good fight. It's, it's a heavy, it's a heavyweight fight going on this this weekend. I can't wait, man. You got Tom Aspinall's return. I look, I'm high on Tom Aspinall. I love him. I think he's a fantastic fighter. Coming off the knee injury, this is his first fight back against Mar- uh, Marcin Tobora. What do you think? What do you think of this fight? I think uh, first off, I you know I agree with you. I'm, I'm high on Tom Aspinall. I think he's really a, a talented fighter. He's carrying a lot of weight. As far as not physically on his shoulders, you know, based upon, you know, being the heavyweight, he's the, if you're looking at anyone from England, they've got some great fighters coming out of England, but he's the one carrying like the mantle of, oh, this is the next guy. This is the guy you got to watch. So that that's not easy. And look, I'm just being honest. The guy he's going up against, Marcin Tibera does not get the credit he deserves for being as tough and nasty of a fighter as he is, he he can beat anybody on any given day. He's got a gas tank, which in the heavyweights can go a long way. He's got skill on the ground. He's got some good stand-up. He will take shots. So he matches up well with Asmaral. I think Asmaral is the more he's the the more complete, younger fighter, the one you look at to say, yeah, he should win it. But the UFC's not not giving him an easy go on his comeback. He had that you know knee injury against Curtis Blades early, early in the f- first round of the fight. Shit happens. But this is not an easy. Oh, here we're going to give you a fight, and it's also the, the you're the main event. You're carrying yeah. the weight again. Not easy. Yeah, I agree. I mean, your first fight back main event. I mean, you got the hometown crowd behind you. There's a lot. There's a lot of weight carrying on the shoulders, like you said. I think, though, that this is a comeback fight. This is kind of a tailor-made fight for him, for him to shine, for him to get the cobwebs off, for him to do all the things that he needs to do. He needs to get this fight to the ground, on the feet. Don't get me wrong. He can stand with them a little bit, but let's not let's not make it a focus. Let's threaten Gotta the big the shot. Top position on the U- ground. Utilize the speed because he's going to be the faster fighter. He's going to utilize the speed with the big, fast shots. Get in, get to the clinch, try and hang on him, try and drag on him, try to lift the leg, try to try to take away the flexibility of Marcin Tybura. What you want to do is you want to lift. I, I, I never lose a lot. Him as being flexible, but <laughs> exactly. Okay, He's want, he wants to. I should I should have said you should test the flexibility. So what he wants to test do is he wants to hike that. 
He's going to want to hike that single leg up high and see if Tybura can actually tree top uh, it. Yep, tree top it, see if he can be flexible there. I think that's one of the most underutilized takedowns in the game. He's snatching that single and just getting right to the treetop. If you can do that, especially in those heavier weight classes, the light heavyweight and the heavyweights, there's not a lot of balance there. There's not a lot of flexibility there, you know, and let's do, let's start working on that. And I think, I think that Tom Aspinall has all those, uh, has all those little attributes that he can bring to the fight that will test Tybura in the areas of the wrestling, the speed, the striking will be there, but just he's, he just can't settle in on the feet. He's got to make it very quick close the distance, fight him in a phone booth, get heavy on the legs, either lock the hands and lift. I wouldn't recommend lifting. Like I said, I'm leaning more towards the single leg and moving him around, John, making him balance yeah. on one foot, make it easier for him to get the takedown. What do you think? I think you're absolutely right. You know, and it's a matter of you don't want to be in that position. I look at the way that Tom Aspinall, if you remember when he fought Andre, you know, uh, Arlovsky, stayed on the feet for a while, then, you know, finally – Took him to the ground, boom, done. And you go, hello, yeah. dude. Why Why yeah. are you going to sit in and and play with these guys that all of them have power, all of them can hit? You know, you don't, you don't want to be in that range where you can get hurt by someone. And so with Tybura, I look at in the top position, both guys can damage the other. I think that Aspinall is better off of his back than Tybura on the ground, but you don't want to be the guy who's on your back in this, you got to be in the top position. And I think that you can take a lot of what Tybura brings to the fight away from him by taking the fight to the ground early and just doing damage. It doesn't have to be that you're doing anything that's going to end up stopping the fight, but just whittle him down, wear him out, get it to the point where he's second doubting what he can do in this fight. And all of a sudden that takedown in the second round comes again and things start to really flow your way. We're going to see how comfortable he is right off the bat on his movement. He's going to have a lot of movement left to right. Is he going to throw a kick with it, with his knee? We're going to see because like, fighters, to. fighters mentally though, John, you know, this, that first initial hard contact, don't get me wrong. He's been sparring. He's been doing it, but it's all padded with knee pads, with shin guards. Like you yep. get it, you get it out of the way, you feel it. But then when you get in the fight, you're like, okay, now there's no knee pads. Now there's no shin guards. Yep. Yeah, there's no it, little safety strap at all. Yeah. Nothing. So, that, yeah. He's gonna have to get through that little barrier, I think, in that first two and a half, three minutes. He's gonna have to, and I'd recommend he get it out of the way as soon as possible. Just to be honest, yeah. go out there, throw a kick right away. Go out there, check a kick right away, and just get right into the mix of the fight. If he starts trying to pussyfoot around on the outside, it's it's he starts mentally wearing on you, going like, okay, oh, that one kind of hurt a little bit. Oh, you know, like just get out there, pull the bandaid off, and uh, let it fly, buddy. And I'm looking forward to yeah. it, man, because I think he's got. He's got such potential. I'm, I'm like I said, I know he's not from the U.S. You know, I know he's from the U.K. Can't hold it against him. That's where he was born. Okay, but bottom line is, <laughs> I got a lot of high expectations for the young man. I'm looking forward to watching him fight. Yeah, there's there's nothing to hold back. And you know, you're looking at him. He's got some great skills. He he very much reminds me. He looks in in a certain way and reminds me of Frank Mir. It's just yeah. that I think he's even better on the feet than Frank Mir. Oh yeah, for sure he is. For sure he is. I mean, Frank started getting better towards the end of his career. He started getting yes. better on there. But then, yep. but then but by the then, he had, yeah. But at Not the end lot. of his career, he was just a little, then he started slowing down. He was just never a fast down. fighter. Frank was never a fast fighter, but man, he was nasty on the ground, especially early in his career. He was aggressive. Well, you talk about people that hurt people on the ground. Oh, Frank yeah. Mir was definitely one of them, man. It's almost like he got pleasure out of it. <laughs> I think he did. He did. Hold, he did. On. Hold on. You know Frank. And he's a 
Frank's a very intellectual guy. I love Frank, and you know, spent a lot of time with him in a lot of different places, man. And he is absolutely that guy that, yep. Oh, it's it's almost that whole proof thing because you know, yeah. I, I can tell you back you know long ago the Gracies were great. When you, you ever watch the Gracie in action tapes? Mm-mm, no, never watched any of those. Oh my god, they were great because you could you could watch the tape and it was always they would you know sit there and it's Horion is like uh, narrating it. And he says, so the Gracie practitioner, he takes the man to the ground and simply puts him away with a choke. You know? <laughs> and so we asked the man again, do you believe, you know, and this is exactly what they would say to you, you know, hey, we want you to fight so-and-so, you know, he's coming into the school, you know, and they would sit there and say, don't hurt him, you know, just take him down, arm bar, choke, just, you know, nice submission. Okay. And they would go to the guy afterwards and say, now do you believe, right? And the guy, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, do you want to try again? And the guy says, yeah, yeah, I'll try one more time. And that was disrespect because it's not, oh, no, you should never have tried again. So now they'll go to you and go, hurt him. Mm. Just, you know, mount him and just start beating him up. <laughs> so that's, wow. you know, I think it was Frank Mir was that guy that was in the cage. He was very similar in that, here, I'm going to put you in this, tap. Oh, you don't want to tap. And yeah. he would just tear it off. Yeah, and he was strong, so. Yeah. The the Tim I mean, Sylvia dude, one was the biggest one for me. I mean, he was it broke at the forearm, which was very oh, impressive. Well, he used you know there was a couple of factors in that. Tim actually did pull his elbow hmm. past the hip junction. Yeah, but Frank was so strong and had a metal Muay Thai cup, and that was a fulcrum on those bones. And he was so strong that he used that fulcrum and just snapped his arm. So. Yeah. Yep. I don't I don't understand why any fighter would ever use a different cup than a metal like I don't a Muay Thai cup. I, yeah. I just don't you, get well, it. Okay, what what you used to wear a Muay Thai Absolutely. cup, you know? Okay, and you know, and there's all these other new ones that are out there and people go, "Oh, it's not as comfortable. It's not as comfortable." It's not about comfort. No. It's about not getting your fucking nuts smashed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Muay yeah. a Muay Thai cup worked. Okay? I, if you go if you go back and you watch what was it UFC 6 that was from Casper uh, Wyoming and they had the super fight between Dan Severn who had just won the uh, tournament number 5 and Ken Shamrock who had fought in 5 against Hoist and Hoist was now out so they do that super fight and Dan goes and, you know, he gets himself in a guillotine and he goes, you could, at the time you could hit someone in the nuts. Well, Ken always wore a Muay Thai cup and you can watch, you go back and watch and you'll see Dan. He tries to uppercut him with a right hand to the nuts and you see him all of a sudden his hand goes, just like, Uh, oh shit. Yeah. He hit that thing. Perfect. That was it. End of the fight. He tapped out. (laughs) Oh, really? I I don't recall that one. I don't recall. He hit him him to the cup. Yep, hit him to the cup oh. to try to break the guillotine. That you know that just crushed his hand, and so he's uh, tapping wow. out. I'm done. I'm getting choked. I'm, I Jeez. broke my hand. Can't take it. Uh, yeah, I don't understand. Like every time I've been kicked in the groin with uh, with the steel cup on, I felt like it did more damage to my opponent than it did me. I yeah. mean, like it hurts a little bit. Like you'll get like a little bit of a well, shift, a little shift. Yeah, kind of a push a little, into the you, into the pelvis bone. But it kinda. doesn't crush anything. No, it doesn't. Nope. Nope. I mean, so remember some of the guys that wear the, the three sizes too big. What, Shoney Carter? I mean, who knows? Maybe oh he was God. packing. Maybe he was packing the heat. He was packing. You never know. He was Mister. He was Mister International. <clears throat> he was. Yeah. If that you're Mister International, there's got to be a reason. 
He was a salesman. He was the first like real guy that came out he to was, be a salesman. He was a, he was a showman. A showman. Sorry, man, not he was salesman. A, I say salesman. He was a he was a pimp. Yeah, he was great. He would come out, man, dressed to the fucking tens, have women on both arms, Mister International. He was great. The, the only give me another dude. guy who was a showman before that. Chemo. Chemo was a showman with the cross. Walked well, out, get the cross you know, thing walking out. Yeah. yeah, give me somebody else. Who else? Who else was a showman during that time? Who were the first oh, like dude. showmen? Shoney Carter. There was uh, you know, Chemo. Chemo came out with the cross. That was that was a big thing. And then Joe Son copied it because he was thing and, and looked We don't even have to go there. Didn't but, Joe? Did, didn't he get arrested for? Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah, right. He got arrested right. for. I just, I just had someone. They tried to contact me. They wanted to do. They're doing a documentary, and they wanted me to be on their documentary. For I said no. For but Joe Son was. Oh yeah, Joe. Yeah, I figured Joe Son became famous for like Austin Powers. Mm -hmm. He was, you know, in the Austin Powers movies as the you know, the, the lethal guy. yeah you know bad guy kind of thing with the the hat. Mm -hmm. But Joson was arrested off of a DNA. There was a, uh, a brutal ga gang rape, and he got arrested Jeez. off of that. He was sent to prison off of that, and then he was killed in prison. Wow. So, Yeah, I thought he got arrested for, for something along those lines. No idea how to spell the name, and you guys are only using the last name. So His, I don't his know. name is that, Jay. That's him right there. Far left. Ball, yeah. Second down. <clears throat> Second down right there. there he that's him in... Uh, Jeez. Getting sentenced. Yep. Damn, that's crazy, man. It's just nuts to think like some of what some people do. <laughs> oh, geez, you uh, think about it. Nah. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, get back to the fights. <laughs> we went a little let's off get track. Back to actual good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Molly McCann. Molly McCann taking on Julia Storenko. That's a tough fight. That's a uh... Sorenko's a good fighter. Molly McCann's a good fighter. She's really come a long ways. Uh, Matchup-wise, I look at this as a good fight for Molly McCann. Uh, Molly does well with people that like to uh, come after her, stand up with her, and that she can take to the ground and use her uh, ground, uh, ground and pound ability because she yeah. actually does well with ground and pound. If Stolyarenko, though, tries to get this fight to the ground, is able to get it to the ground and get to the top position, Molly will have some problems. But I think the two of them are going to end up duking it out. I also think that Molly just – she finds a way <clears throat> to have success in the U.K. When she fights in London. Well, that's when exactly, she fights, yeah. And that's exactly the whole point. She's yeah. – you know, <clears throat> everyone's different, and you get ones that they shine under being at home in front of their fans and – She's one of the ones that she shines when she goes out there. <clears throat> she uses that, you know, and so I look at that's one of the advantages that she has in this matchup is every time I'm watching her fight, usually in the UK, man, she, she's doing a great job. So good matchup. You know, either either lady can win, but I think Molly does have the advantage. All right, next fight. <clears throat> Andre Feely coming off some nice fights against Nathaniel Wood. Good matchup in the featherweight division. Andre Feely is is one of those guys when you look at him, man. He's got all. He's fast. He's long, lanky, as you talk about. He's got a good ground game. He's got good wrestling. He's got the full, you know, full toolbox. Power. Yeah, I mean, he can swat. He's got, some, he's got, got power good in his kicks. punches. Yeah, he does have. You know, he has been knocked out because of that power. 
in the fact that sometimes he starts to rely on it and he opens up and leaves himself open. But Nathaniel Wood, solid fighter, super solid, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And so this is one of those ones, if Andre makes the big mistake, you can see Nathaniel Wood, you know, taking advantage of it and getting the win. If not, I see Andre Feely having a good night against Nathaniel Wood. No, I agree. I think I think Feely, he's got all the intangibles. The thing with Feely, though, is <clears throat> I feel like maybe I'm wrong. John, maybe maybe we could talk about this for a sec. In a young in his younger career, I just don't think that he took it as serious as he should have. I agree with you. Because he was so damn and good. I, and at that time it was so easy for had him. he taken it. Yeah. I I just I feel like he was a missed opportunity. He was one of the guys that just the sky was the limit, and he just didn't because that was the that was the that was the Chad Mendes, like yep. you know Uriah and all the guys that came was, out of there. They Uriah were all was on still a high. fighting there. Even Danny, Danny Castillo, Danny was still Castillo, fighting yeah. at that time. You know and exactly, you and they were guys. all just getting better together. But take a look at take do me a favor, pull up Andre Feely's record there, Dave. And the one thing you want to see is take a look at what he's been doing in these last couple because this is I I look at it the same way. You know, mm-hmm. you can take a look, and he's got this. He lost to Bryce Mitchell on uh, a decision, okay? But it was a good fight. He fought well. He had the eye poke with Pineda. That, you know, that stuff happened. <clears throat> the, the Brito fight, again, he gets stuck in a position where he starts to sling. He can be put out. But the win against Bill Algio, look, I think Bill Algio is a hell of a fighter. Yeah. He is solid. He's, he's difficult to deal with. He's kind of got the... Wonder Boy karate style of blading himself and the stand up and everything. And if you go back and watch that fight, man, I, you know, Andre Feely really took Bill out of his game, took him apart in that fight. But he's had that whole thing for a long time now of win one, lose one, win one, mm. lose one. And he's got to get himself back into saying, hey, I commit myself to this sport. I'm committing myself to the gym and let me make a run because he's got the talent to make that yeah. run. <clears throat> Like I said, scroll down a little bit more there. I can hear that thunder, buddy. Oh, yeah. Baby. I can it's hear going. it. Just the rumbling. It's been ripping. I mean, but if you look at some of the guys he's lost to, right? He's lost him to Yair. Yeah. He's lost to Yair, who is who has just fought for the title. It was the Max. interim champ. Lost to Calvin Cater. Lost to Michael Johnson. Lost to Max Holloway. I mean, he's lost yeah. to good guys. And that was earlier in his career in 2014, 2015, 20, all the way up to 2018, 2019. You yeah. scroll up a little bit more for me there. There you go. And then and then he beats Miles Jury. He has I mean Miles Jury's a tough fighter. Good on the feet, great on the ground. Miles Jury's talented. Um yep. you're going the yeah, you're going the wrong way, buddy. The other way, sorry. Okay. That's that was me. That was my fault. <clears throat> uh you know, he beats Artem Loboff, beats uh Dennis Bermudis. Beat Charles Durdane, a tough fighter. Who a hell of a fighter. Hell of a fighter. And that's just in twenty twenty he beat Charles Durdane. Yeah. So he just I, I feel like early in his career, I don't know what was going on, but he just he had his mo- he had his mem uh, not memory, but he just had lapses in his thinking of how to fight or to, to, to just get the win and went out there, I think, to be entertaining. A little bit of almost like how Chandler kind of is. Throw caution in the wind, fight hard, fight aggressive, be a fan favorite. But that only gets you so far. And the difference between what Chandler's doing now and what he's doing, what he did back then, is that he Chandler's already kind of established himself with Bellator situation and being the champ and then going over there and then making it, being right off the bat going, hey, I want to fight your best guys. Whereas with Feely, he actually is building himself up in the promotion. You can't afford yeah. to do that 
you building yourself up and then take losses lower down when you're building yourself up. You've got to win, 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 win. Then get up to what Justin Gaethje is. Get to that level of Justin Gaethje and then put on the exciting fights. Give the fans what they want because then that's when they're going to keep you in that top three, top four, top five. I mean, Chandler hasn't dropped the shit. He's not even out of the top five yet. And so it's, it's, what is he? Two and four. Two and three. He's number five, I think, right now, right? Yeah, he's two and two three. Two and three. And he's not, he's not out of the top. That's crazy. Five. He's not out of the top five, right? No, but okay. But so you that lets you. But like you said, and I'll give it to who has he fought? Charles Oliveira, Dan Hooker. Yeah. Right? Tony Ferguson, Justin mm-hmm. Gaethje, Dustin Poirier. All, all, oh, all fucking animals. All studs. All animals. All of them. Yep. Yep. Every single one of them, all studs. No, I agree. But with Feely, right, it, he was he's trying to build himself up, and then he takes a loss because he was trying to be entertaining. Try, like I said, almost like he wasn't taking it serious. I'll be back. I got this. I, it just happened. It was a mistake. He, I just, I look at him like, look at the guys. He's like Yusef. He's lost to Bryce Mitchell. He lost to uh, Brito. Like he's lost to some of the best guys in the division. So I'm looking. I'm looking for him. How old is he, by the way? He's like 31, 33. 33. So 33. he's got, yeah, he's got two more years. I think he's got two more solid, maybe even three if he can stay without getting you know, knocked out too many times. But I'm telling you right now, if he can stay on a good run, I'd like to see him make some, some, some moves, man. Cause he's, he's fun to watch. He just gotta die, gotta tighten things up a little bit. And, uh, I like him a lot, man. He's, he's a fun fighter and he's, he's, a, he seems like a really good kid. So good on him. Hopefully yep. we see him get the win. He is. Next fight, buddy. Let's go. Uh, this is the the one. This is this is the podcast Dave special. Paul Craig going up against Andre Muniz <laughs> yeah. at middleweight though. At middleweight, mm. Paul Craig not at light heavyweight. At middleweight, what do you think that's going to do as far as uh, one thing that he really didn't have was speed. Wow, and he's going down in weight. What do you think? Wow, yeah, he's a big guy. He's a big dude. He's not that big. What? Oh, he's pretty. Not light heavyweight. He, Are you fucking t- kidding me? I've stood next to him, man. He is least. big. He's yeah, a but big he, but guy. He's not, but he's not beefy. Bro, have you not seen his style? legs? His fucking legs and his ass are like the size. They're fucking enormous. He's a big guy. And then at 35 years old, he's making that cut. Oof. Is his name really the Bear Jew? Yeah. What yeah, the fuck? <laughs> I never knew that. No, don't you don't you remember um don't you remember the what's it god damn it uh it's the Quentin Tarantino movie. Um the one with Brad Pitt and um it was World War Two. Shit, I can't think of the name of it. Oh, uh, uh Inglorious Bastards. Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. Bastards. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that with the he was the Bear Jew? Yes. That's where he got it. Yes. Ah, I didn't know that. Yep. Jeez, man. Uh look at He's gonna he need like in every fight that he's ever gonna be in. He needs to get the fight to the ground. That's it's like but, he need, I don't even know how to explain. Muniz it. is good on the ground too. But I'm not, yeah, I'm, not I'm gonna sure. go with I'm gonna go with Craig Paul. I'm gonna go with Paul Craig yeah. Paul Paul okay. Craig <laughs> Craig Paul Craig Paul Craig Paul. <laughs> but if I would have if I would have told you, okay, I'll give you Jacare or Muniz submission, who would you have taken? You know, I'm thinking Jacare. But look at the age, though. Look, it depends on what I took him at. Do I take it when Jacare's on his point. way out the door? Jacare was, let's say, 36, 37 years old when they fought. Mm-hmm. When Muniz yeah. broke his arm. 
Muniz, what's what's Muniz's age now? I want to say he's 29, 30. Yeah, probably somewhere around. He's a baby. He's up at the top. You can just click on his face. He's just probably oh, right there. Yeah. Jeez, the Dave. Jeez, <laughs> I know. I was thinking, of, I, I thought they put it in the record. 33. He's no, 33, no, John. He's older than I thought. Jeez. He's older than I thought, too. Yeah. Now he's coming he's off a good a looking son of a bitch. I'm a little jealous. He's a good looking son of a bitch. Um, scroll down. Who, who was his last this fight too. He gassed out. I remember that. Oh, he, uh, that was against uh, Brandon. Brandon that. Allen. Ah, that's right. Brandon Allen had a great. He got. He got. He got tired. He got tired, and then yeah. Allen got to his back and choked him. That's right. Yeah. Gosh, man, John, we watched so many fights. I don't know how you fucking Too many. Get it all together. Remember Too this many. shit, <laughs> dude. Really? Oh man. I got a, I got a, we got we got Nate Diaz. He's gonna be coming up here pretty soon in, T- in Dallas. He'll be yeah. here. You're going, um, right? An, I, I think so. I'm gonna make a couple. You gotta calls. go. I know, I know. I'm gonna, I'm if gonna you come get, and tell you what. The, if you, if you right find a place for tickets, Jake I'll fly out there and go with you. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. I, I'm gonna hold you to it. I'm, you All know, right. but you're gonna have to hold me back, man. I'm gonna jump in that ring and call out Jake Paul right after. John, oh, tell him you'll take the ten million for PFL, bro. It's gonna be easy. That's it. I'd smoke him. Wouldn't even be close. I'm too fast. Oh, he's off, <laughs> John. Oh man, <laughs> it's gonna be great. Um, okay, but how do you see? How do you see? How do you see the the Paul Craig fight against Muniz? How do you see it happening? I think it's too much weight for uh, Paul Craig to come down. You're talking about a twenty pound drop. Yeah, I don't like that. I think it's crazy. I think the speed does not work for you. It works against you. Andre Muniz is pretty good on his feet. Paul Craig is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both very good on the ground. I think uh, I might actually, as you said, I'll give the submission game, if you want, over to Craig as an advantage, but not by much. So I don't see a whole lot of advantages for Paul Craig in this fight. I think he's taken on a, a younger, faster guy who is not used to that weight class and being six foot four isn't going to change anything losing 20 pounds is going to yeah. change a lot i'm going to go with paul craig in the first round maybe first round wow. and a, maybe first round and a half if he no i'm saying but i think if paul craig's gonna win he's gonna have to win in the first round after okay. that i'm gonna give it all to Minis. that's yeah. it I, I don't going, i don't see i don't see how it's gonna go for him after that we'll see that's it jai herbert Outstanding stand-up fighter. I love watching Jai Herbert fight against Ferraziam. Uh, this is one of those ones you look and you go, man, I'll tell you what. Herbert is, he's got, he reminds me a lot of Leon Edwards in, a, in the fashion of he came in as a pure striker. He's actually learned to be a defensive grappler. Mm-hmm. And now he's actually even sometimes kind of using it a little bit. Um, he had the loss to, uh, to Puria, but he was given to Puria hell. He was really fucking having a hell of a fight there and stuff. So I look at that. I think that uh, Jai Herbert uh, against Ferrazim, I, I give, I'm going with Herbert. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think, I think what happens to guys like Herbert is they see how far guys like Tapuria and those guys have traveled. And I think that that's like, it's just lights a little fire under their ass and they're training. It gets, it motivates them to keep them going because look, I could be there. I could be right there, yeah. you know, one fight away from I was the title. With 
you know, just gotta be, I just gotta clean up a little thing, a couple little things here and then I'll be the man. So I look at, I look at Jai Herbert. He's got all the intangibles that you're looking for in a great fighter. Uh, it's just a matter of getting out there and fighting and fighting smart, picking and picking apart his opponents and uh, not leaving himself out of position, man. If he can do that without getting, losing a takedown and being stuck on bottom, you know, I think that he's got a good opportunity of getting this fight over with. Yep. Next fight. Ah, you got Davey Grant. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Leon Murphy and mm. Joshua Kulibau. Kulibau is a um, really good fighter. Very mm. exciting. Both guys, what? I want to say, no, Leon Murphy, no losses. Just no. a draw. 12-0-1 yep. against 11-1-1, man. It's a great matchup. This is a fight that either guy can win. Both of them very fast. Uh, I mean, you can't say anything bad about either guy. No, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a back and forth battle on the feet. I think a little bit. Yep. The speed's gonna play a factor. Who's? Who, we won't know until we get in there. Who is the actual faster fighter? Uh, the athleticism get themselves out of position, um, to put themselves into positions and get themselves back in position after leaving themselves out of position. Does that make sense? Because yeah. yeah. they're what they are is they're explosive. They're gonna end up reaching, overextending sometimes because they're gonna try to, yep. they're gonna try to um, get in and get out. Um, without being super touched. fast, yeah, without You're being touched, miss. and that that's gonna miss, gonna leave yourself out of position. So the count, look for a lot of counters in this fight. I'm looking forward to it because you're gonna really see who's the better, who's the faster fighter. Probably in the first two minutes, two and a half minutes, that those first couple of exchanges, you'll know who the faster fighter is. But can they maintain that throughout the duration of the fight? Is what we're gonna see. So that it'll be a fight. Cool. It should be a. I think it's gonna be a really good fight. And what is that? That's the fight that's, that's opening fight. up the pay per view. Or it's not a pay per view, but open up the card, right? Is that the, uh, that open up the, the main opening card fight? You're saying? So, one, two, three, four, five. So, Jai Herbert, Farazian. That either. makes five fights, but sometimes they do six yeah. fights. Sometimes yeah, they do. They do but that makes five fights, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, then I think the that Davy Grant six. fight will be the, the main event for the prelims. Yeah, that'll be the main event on the prelims, Davy Grant. Davy Grant six against Daniel Marcos? Do that. Yeah, I think that'll be the main event on the prelims. Yep, okay. Yeah. So six fights in the main, you're thinking? Yeah. No, that's only five, right? No, we got the main event. No, that would be six. That was one, two, three, four, five. That would be six. Five, six. Got so it. It's yeah, either, so, then, so either Murphy versus Kulibao is the uh, the prelim main, main the or it's going to be Davy yeah. Grant and Marcos. Got it. What other fights on this card are you looking at that you think um, – have have some implications I, or I, I, looking no, for no implications, but I always watch love watching uh, Brian Barbarena. He's taking on Muradov, <clears throat> Mahmoud Muradov, and that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a barn burner fight. Muradov, more technical, uh, good fighter, tough as hell. Barbarena just is a dog. I just love watching him fight. So that's that's the one that's gonna be fun. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know how you say his last name, and I've been saying it for the longest time. Is is Mark? Is it Diakesi oh, or Diakesi? Yeah. Diakesi. Okay, he's look. He's a fantastic fighter on the feet. Great fighter on the feet, but he's kind of fallen into this. Likes to wrestle now. He likes to get the he's take. Starting down. to wrestle more. He likes. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's wrestling more, which is but good. I think it's a, great. That's not a bad thing against who he's going to be fighting. It's not. Alvarez. No, no. Alvarez can stand up and bang. Since what? Yeah. It's going to be, but I think that's going to be a good fight. And I like watching Mark fight, man. I was expecting a lot. He's another, like, one of the feely guys. I was yeah. expecting him to really make a run. 
And for some reason, Super he just athletic. hasn't resonated either with the UFC or he hasn't resonated with the fans, but he just hasn't strung it together long enough to really get people to, to peek up and get interest in him. So hopefully, uh, he gets in the, he keeps, uh, gets a win streak going on and he can make a run. So we'll see. I enjoy watching him. The, one that, the uh, one that surprises me ahead. is look at number four. You got Caitlin Vieira all the way down to the prelims yeah. at the fourth fight of the night going up against, uh, Bani Kanziad, and you look and that's that's telling that they put her that far down on the uh, preliminaries. They must have. Uh, she must have pissed somebody off. Yes, she must. That's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, click on her. <laughs> click on uh, Vieira for me there, Dave. Scroll on down. Scrolling down the record. Yeah. So her last loss, she lost to Raquel Pennington. Yeah. Had to win over Holly Holm. Had to win over Misha Tate. Misha Tate. Yeah, lost to Santos. Beat Eubanks. And then lost to uh, Aldana. Yeah. I mean, you know, she got a win over Kat Zagano and Sarah McMahon, yep. both. And Sarah. Good. And uh, Evan Smith. Yeah. Well, I said, she's I mean, one of the, she's one of no, the top bantamweights there is in the UFC. And you look and you go, wow. Yeah. You know, here's the thing, though, John. I, at this stage, I think in females MMA, they're they're looking for they're looking fight. Look, we've gone through the Hoist Gracie era of females MMA. We've got I think I think they've already surpassed the Frank Shamrock era of MMA. They're into this later on. They're kind of in the Josh Thompson era of you know like we're starting to become more <laughs> yeah. well rounded. I, I, let me give you guys someone you guys might all know GSP. More of the well rounded GSP era is more well rounded, more wrestling, a little bit more uh, striking. Uh, spinning back kicks, like, you know, utilizing head kicks, more, just more tools and web and putting it all together. The females yeah. MMA is now in that era of, of, um, of, of MMA. And it, the UFC remembers those eras. And then when they, when they look back, they look, this is where we're at probably with the females MMA. And now we need to start having these exciting fights. We need to start having, you know, the, the buildup and all these things. They had it for a little bit with the Misha and the Holly Holm and the, you know, and the Ronda Rousey and the, you know, and those, Amanda those Nunez. fights that in the man, Nunez fights, they had it there. Well, now what? They're all gone. I mean, Misha's back right now, but she hasn't made the splashes, you know, that she was hoping to make. But then you've got, you know, and then Ronda's gone. Potential talk that she's coming back. I don't think she is. Um, you know, and then Holly's kind of, I think, kind of on her way out. You know, I'm not trying to speak negative about her, but she's getting older, 41 years old. Now they're trying to stir this up a little bit. Who are, who do we have? Who do we have? The one, the female that is carrying the weight right now for this whole thing is, um, Juliana Pena. The way she's talking right now, oh, yeah. I gotta be honest, man. She's, she, her and Macy Barber, those two are making this fun. Do you, you see Macy Barber now saying, I'm going to go up to Banway? Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, yeah. She said, well, that's right. what happened. Juliana Pena was talking trash. And she's like, all right, well, cool. I, I guess I'm going to have to eat a little bit more. I'm going to get my ass, my ass up there and make you, what, like two and four or two and five in your last, two and five, your last six fights? Six yeah. fights. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Good, yeah. good, good comeback. Uh, but good for her. Good for, I mean, I'm like that. That's what they're looking for. And Kaitlyn Vieira doesn't. Doesn't talk a lot of trash. Doesn't say a lot of things. And also, too, when she fights, she's good. She's technically sound, but there's nothing but she not does that really stands out. True. She's got a good jab. She's got a good jab. She's got a good takedown defense, but there's not like one thing she does that really stands out. And I think that's kind of what they're they, they're putting you down on the card because of that. You got you to gotta go out there and make it work. 
So yeah. it got to be, it's the entertainment business at the end of the day. Now, I just know I just talked about the Michael Chandler and the, and the Feely situation, but there's a little bit of a difference. I'm not saying you need to go out there and, and, uh, and, and fight reckless. I'm saying that you got to go out there and when you notice you've got someone working on their back foot, you got to make more of an emphasis to get them out of there. And she's had plenty of opportunities where when she fought Misha Tate, she could have potentially got Misha out there, out of there, but she just chose not to take more chances and put, to put her uh, foot on the pedal, you know, and yeah. she didn't do it. And so that's why the fight ended up going, you know, as, as long as it did. So, um, all right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk for the fights this weekend. And, um, let's go ahead and, uh, talk about one more thing. Go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Subscribe to us over there. It is free. And John and I, they're they're about to drop the MVP. Uh, like, what do we call it? Like a little short document docu series on them. Uh, they're doing like a little like a little documentary on them, right? It's a small little you know piece that they put together that OnlyFans put together for their athletes. Uh, they did one for Cyborg, and they're doing one for MVP. And uh, John and I did the VOs on them. We talk about MVP in detail about a lot of his um his past and his uh present and his potential future. You know, he is now a free agent. He is officially yes, a free sir. agent. And so I'm looking to see. I'm like every other kid that's giddy in the store, just wondering who where he's gonna go. Is he gonna stay with Bellator? Is he gonna go to one? Is he gonna go to the UFC? Is he gonna go to PFL? What's he gonna do? Not how many times have we said we think all fighters should do this? Absolutely. Go to the point where you can see what your value is. It doesn't mean that you're going to end up leaving because it yeah. could be, you know, the UFC wants you and mm -hmm. offers you a certain contract and Belger goes, okay, we'll pay that. Yeah. So, but you're going to get more money. Let's see what your value is. That's a good thing. Yeah, let's hop into that since you guys are on it. Yeah, well, you know what? Let's go ahead and hop into that. So let's go ahead and pull it up. What do you got for us there, Dave? The news I is I don't have a graphic for it. Okay. I don't have a graphic okay. for it, but we'll, re we'll react to this news. Yeah, the news is that, look, he's officially throwing a... Uh, a free agency party, which is great for him. So he's going to throw, I believe he's throwing an event or he did throw an event this last weekend or it's coming up this weekend where he's basically a free agent and he's going to go out there and kind of put his feelers out to all the, to all the, um, fighting promotions and, yep. um, and figure out what he's, what his value is. And so I think we're going to find out here pretty soon whether he, and look, the Bellator still has, I believe they, they still have, uh, the match clause in there, but I can also tell you he's 36. He's fun to watch fight. I love watching him fight. He's right now. He's still one of my favorite fighters to watch. He's entertaining, and I I would love to see him stay. But I understand that he's kind of run his course, you know. And in Bellator, if he chooses to leave, if the money is there, go where the money is. That's I've said this. I don't know how many times to everyone. I don't oh, care. Yeah. I would love to have certain fighters. I'm selfish that way. Like I want to have a lot of the fighters in Bellator because we you know. We, we get to sit cage side and watch them. There's nothing better. Yeah. It's not because, it's not because I'm biased in terms of, Oh, I want, I want them to be in Bellator because, you know, I feel like Bellator is that. No, it's because I actually get a front row seat for free every single time to watch and them fight. And I get fight. to talk with them. And I get to talk with them and hang out more. So that's the yeah. other thing, you know, and look, it's all for selfish reasons. Of course, <laughs> I just want to, I like to hang out. MVP is one of the nicest guys when you meet him. He's so nice. Oh, he's humble. He's, he's soft spoken. He's the complete opposite of what I am. So I love to hang around with people like that. So it's fun. It's in, look, if he does go to any other organization and I just hope that he ends up getting the credit he deserves because he's a lot more difficult of a fighter to fight than people realize. Ugh. It's just not like you take, I no, take, I, I've, I've said this. If he does go to the UFC, I hope the first fight they give him is, is Steven Thompson. 
I doubt oh that they'll this give is... him that. I doubt it, John. I doubt it. I'm just being honest. I mean, I would love to see it because they're both older in age, 36 and yeah. Steven's 40. Might be 41 40. now, but 40. But yeah. but I still look at I still look at that fight being man, that'd a be a great fun fight. Matchup. Come but on, I feel I feel because he had fought so many times for the title and just came up just short. Um, that I think that he is going to end up, they're going to end up giving him like a wrestler. See, like told you he wasn't that good. See, I told you they're going to give him a Colby or they're going to give him a Usman. They're going to, they're going to give him a fighter like that. What do you think? I think those guys are going to find out that he's more of a handful than you, you are Mm. uh, anticipating. Look, if there's one thing about Michael that I'll say straight out, first off, Michael's super intelligent, very smart fighter, understands the fight game has worked to become actually damn good at all ranges of the fight game. And, yeah, he's not a submission guy, but he can do submissions. You know, the first damn time I refed him, he pulled off a damn leg lock, and I was like, what the hell was that? Yeah. You know, you weren't supposed to do that. Uh, and it's like, it, like, he still has a couple of years where he can be really effective, really effective. He takes care of himself. He trains his ass off. And, you know, and if, if you're talking to him, He'll tell you, I know in the gym where I'm at. He goes and he goes, and I know when I'm going to say, eh, it's time. I, I'm not having an easy time with some of these guys. This is becoming much more difficult. Mm-hmm. That's time for me to leave. But he is an absolute student of the game. He is a great person to talk to. He will sit there. He is, he is one of the kindest uh, people as far as when people come up to meet him and stuff and the way that he'll interact with them. Mm. So he's good for any promotion that he goes to if he ends up going to a different promotion. And on top of that, man, the son bitch can fight and he's fun to watch. His fights are exciting. His yeah. last fight, you know, with Bellator, let's be honest, he was fighting Goichi Yamauchi and I was really looking forward to a great fight. Yeah. And he throws one kick and fucking blows out the patella tendon of of Goichi Yamauchi and just cracks his kneecap and you go, I've never seen a guy that does, you know, just little movements that does immense damage. He broke the skull of Santos back, you know, I'm sorry, Evangelista Santos, uh, the first cyborg. He broke his skull, broke up yeah. that entire sinus. I never saw anything like it, man. The guy is dangerous and I don't care who you put against him. He is a fight. Now, wrestlers are the ones that if you're going to say, how do you beat him? It would be with the wrestler. But the wrestler's got to get in on him. And that ain't easy. He's dangerous. Yeah, when you look at, you know, I would say, and I'm not trying to throw any shade or disrespect. I'm looking at the age and I'm looking at the timing of if this fight would have happened two years ago, I probably wouldn't be saying this. I'd be saying the other way around. But certain fighters, like if you were to put them over to the UFC, Usman doesn't. He hasn't been utilizing his wrestling as much anymore, and he has slowed nope. down a tiny bit. Not he cannot be on the speed with, with Page. No, he can't be he on can't the feet be, with him. Cannot, the speed, he cannot the be a guy that stays on the feet with fucking Page. He can out wrestle him. He can out wrestle oh, yeah. him. I just I want to know how. Yeah, he can out wrestle him. But I look yep. at. I also look at guys like Logan Storley who came out and was like, "Man, this is the fastest guy." I'd ever ever well, been around. Well, He's like in college okay, wrestling and fighting and everything. Josh, you know, Logan and Usman used to be training partners. They still train together. Usman's still at over times. at Cliff, Cliff every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, at, at times. times. Okay. And you know the wrestling that they do between the two. And yeah. they're both, yeah. you know, but if you're going to sit there and say who is the better wrestler, 
there's no doubt who's the better wrestler. Yeah. But who's the better fighter? I'm going to go with Kamaru Usman. Yeah. But Logan Storley will tell you, hey, I've never, ever had anyone that fast against me in my life. He goes, he covered distance that I was like, how did the fuck did you get there? Yeah. And that was at 35 years of age. So it's still there. The guy has got speed. He's got length. And he definitely knows how to use the tools that God gave him. I mean, I mean, I'm interested to hear what Podcast Dave has to say because if they match him up against Colby, man, that's Podcast Dave's hero. You might be, we might be waking <laughs> Colby up, going, "Hey, Colby, what's going on?" Because what Colby does wrong is he dips his head when he throws his jab. Dips his head all the time. He dips his head time. down and he throws his jab and kind of hangs his head to one side. You got to be careful, man, with the speed of this guy and all these things. Now, don't get me wrong; he's been, he can be taken down, but he's also hard to hold down. If you look at the Logan Storley fight. It's a close fight. Are you putting a new guy in the UFC against Colby, though. I mean, if you, if he's gonna leave because they can match, Bellator can match, they're gonna have to pay him pretty well. So I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I think I ever, I, this is how I think he should approach it. He should approach it the same way that Michael Chandler approached it. If you're someone that's already fought for the title a couple times, he came up just short. Uh, I believe he was the interim champ for a second, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. It, Who? And so, uh, MVP? No MVP. No, no he wasn't. Never. Gosh, no. I thought he was okay. Um, but no, I'm saying that when, that when he fought, when he fought, when he fought thoroughly, yeah, it was for the yeah, it was for the interim until. Uh, yeah. Yep, he, uh, fought, no, he fought twice for the title. He did Tw- twice or once. Hold on, no, no, no. He, no. When he fought Douglas Lima, that was that was, he would Douglas Lima wasn't the champ at the time. Was exactly, and when yeah. he fought him the first time, that was in the tournament. That was when he was undefeated. That was his first loss. Yeah, that was in that was in the tournament, and that and and and, and Douglas wasn't wasn't the, so he, he wasn't the champ. Yeah, yeah. So he fought for one interim title. Yep. No, I thought he fought the last time he fought Douglas Lima. That was for the the title, wasn't it? No, because no, he had already lost. Because he wasn't the he'd champ already lost. He'd already to, lost uh, to Amosov. That's Amazon. right. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I look at I look at MVP. He's gonna he's gonna be fun for whatever promotion he goes to. If he stays in Bellator, great. If he doesn't, if he goes to PFL or one, he's gonna okay, he's gonna have imagine? fun. Think about this fight. MVP goes to the PFL and fights Sadabusi. Mm. Mm. Yeah, th- I look at I look at that fight though. I think I think he beats Sadabusi. But I think so I think I, he struggles with um, Magomed Magakaramov. Yeah. yeah, I think he struggles with him because Karamov's good on the feet and he can I chain agree. wrestle together. I think he struggles with him. The other guy that I think may give him a little bit, depending on if he ever comes back, is uh, is is Ray Cooper. Only because of the power and he can take damage. Cooper can take shots like he can walk through stuff and he's like a like a pit bull that just walks you down. He's a little a tank. Yeah, he's a tank. So I mean, I'm I'm saying like. I give MVP more of the advantage in the movement and the speed and all the technical stuff, but you can never underestimate the Mike Tyson's of the sport. <laughs> Just And that's exactly what Ray Cooper is. I love watching Ray Cooper fight. All right, let's go ahead. What, what other news we got for us there, Dave? All right, let's hop into this. Uh, actually, we're doing, we'll do some fight announcements right now. Um, we have UFC in Abu Dhabi. Confirmed UFC 294 in Abu Dhabi, and it's what the hell? What the hell is that? 
Well played. Well played, my Charles friend. Charles Oliveira, what is with that? <laughs> I just love that. Let, let, can I throw something out there? Yeah, go, and, man. And tell me, tell me, like, I don't think anybody wants to fight Islam in Abu Dhabi. It just, I don't know. I no. just, I get, I get that, I get that vibe. And that's full. I, I understand. Well, why. that's you're you're going into his basic, almost like his hometown. Yeah, it's like his backyard. I get it. The only thing that this is what I think, and I could be wrong because Charles originally was like, "No, I need time. You know, I need some more time to rest." And I understood, like mentally as a fighter, there's a lot, a lot of stress that goes on during the fight camps, and we don't know what's really behind the scenes in terms of like his, you know, family situation, whether it's you know whatever it is. There could be other stuff that's outside that wants you know you mentally need to get a break. I'm not saying that's what it was, but you know, some fighters that's like, "Hey, I just need time." Before I step back into a fight where, hey, if I lose, I'm not getting another title shot for a long time. Yeah. Do you think? I don't. I, I don't see Charles being this way. This. I'm just throwing this out here, because everyone has kind of been like, "No, I need more time," or uh, you know, like, look at uh, Volk just had shoulder surgery. I think it was shoulder. Yeah. Head shoulder. Yep. Yeah, something like that. He'll be back here pretty shortly. I've had shoulder surgery. It's about a four month. Yeah. For you're back. You're back training within three months. Depending if it's a full labrum tear, if it's just a slap tear in your labrum, a full rotator cuff, all those things are dependent upon. But if something here's, I don't know how to say this without being disrespectful. Yeah, but just say it, damn it. I would clean it up for you. Okay, I wouldn't be surprised. You I wouldn't be surprised me. if Charles got forced into this fight by the UFC because Islam started calling out Leon, started calling out other fighters, and yeah. they're like, hey, you're making us look bad. They said, hey, Charles, take this fight. And I think if Charles is not ready mentally, I could see Charles pulling out of the fight maybe two weeks before and being like, look, it's too, it's, it's not working for me or whatever. And the UFC going, look, Islam, let's go ahead and just bump you to a week or two or let's bump you to the next pay per view show. I could see that happening. I'm just, I could see that the UFC putting the pressure on Charles and making him fight. And in him being like, look, I'm not quite ready and having to pull out. Okay, part part. It's not of a fair. It's not fair to him. Oh, hold on. When, when you sit say there, it's not fair to him. I understand what you're saying. And do I think that they have forced his hand here? I do, because you know what they went and said was, "Hey, we're going to give you this shot here. Take it or leave it, but you're not getting another one if you don't take it." Yeah. And so, well, but that's what a promotion does a lot of the time when they need a fight, they need a fight made and they've got Islam sitting there as the champ. They know that they want to put him in that card in Abu Dhabi because they know he is going to put butts in the seats. Everyone comes to see him. They all love him. So this is a perfect card for him to be on and they got to have a good opponent. And you're looking, you go, who else? Based upon, they've got, you know, the, the BMF with Dustin and and Justin coming up. That takes two of the top lightweights out of the equation. Yep. McGregor's out of the equation, you know, just as a name. So that's not going to happen. You got Chandler kind of sitting there. So it's a possibility that you can say, okay, we're going to move Mike Chandler there. But it doesn't make sense to you. Then you've got, where's Darius is number four. He just lost. You're not going to get a shot at the title off of the loss unless your name is McGregor. So where are you at? You're stuck. I saw I, I saw uh, Gamrot actually going out. Hey, man, 
I would love to fight you. Love the honor and the you know, you're a stud. But he's he's trying to put his name out there. But mm-hmm. it's going down, you know, in that list that they're in that position. I thought that you know Sarukian. I think it's a I great think matchup. I think Sarukian. Great matchup with Islam, but it's not that fight based upon Charles Oliveira's career and his name and that he lost the title to Islam, I understand why the UFC wants it. It makes sense to me. You know, I'm not saying it's nice, but mm. this is the fight business, and the fight business is nasty. Yeah, I think I think the UFC deflected away because, like, like you said, he started calling out Leon. Like, hey, I want Leon in Abu yeah. Dhabi. And I think that they're, that the UFC is really pushing for the, for the Leon and Colby fight. Yes. You know, they want that fight to happen, and then, all, you know, they probably want it to happen in the U.K., um, it would make sense, you know, to have Leon go back there and, and you know, probably have a pay per view there. Think about this: how much more time with this fight? You know, cause I honestly believe Dana is the one that really wants this fight. He wants Colby against Leon. Okay, how much more time are you going to give it? You know, I don't know. Well, if you want, if you want it in in the UK, they have one this week, right? So when's the next <laughs> yeah. UK show? Well, no, when's the next one after? It's going to be at least a couple January, months. January, February. Yeah, January, okay. February. That's my whole you point. Think. I mean, this, that fight. So how long is it going to be that, you know, Colby hasn't fought since freaking Masvidal? That's right. Has he not? No, he hasn't. Holy you know, shit, I mean, that was a long time ago. Hell yes, it was. That's why I'm like, it's just, it's just this is just rolling in a, in a slow. Yeah. Wow. 2020. Look at that. 2020 March, March of 2022. It's already yeah. been over a year. Yeah. Way over. Interesting. So. I mean, I would have liked to have seen the Islam and Leon fight. Would have made for fun. I want to see what I want to see how Islam performs without having to make that big of weight cut. I want to see I want to see what the difference is in his in his performances cuz I I know how he performs in the gym when his when he's not worried about weight when he's you feeling know, making good? weight. When he's feeling good, he feels like a fucking animal. And I'm like, man, this guy. You know, I mean, there's video. You see the video um, of Habib when he's around and he's training with Luke Rockhold when he's not having to cut weight. He's holding Luke down. He's controlling Luke. He's doing, I'm like, I mean, Islam is no different, man. <laughs> like, he's no different. He's a big, strong son of a gun, man, that guy is. Yeah, and uh, see, I, no, I, I look forward I to that- is Islam is going to be in that position within the next couple fights. I'm done with 55. He loses too much weight. He's, I think he I think he's going to have to. He's going to have to. I think um after watching after watching the last fight and him slowing down in the 4th and 5th, being a champion, uh, going 3 rounds, you can get away with it. But when you get into the title fights and you get in the 4th and 5th rounds where everyone's fucking tough, you can't afford to be running out of gas. Your muscles can't afford to be running out of gas in the 4th and 5th. Nope. You know, you need to have that the whole time because these guys can go. The gas tanks are yep. there and they can go. And so, um, and I know he's got a gas tank because I mean, like I've sparred, I've sparred with him when I've done the first two rounds. Someone came in and did two rounds and I finished with him on the fifth round. Like he still got gas. So I know he's always in well, shape. You know, it's you just, it's just that weight cut gets you. That fight with Volkanovsky, you know, if you, if you honestly look at the fight, it's not a difficult fight to judge as far as rounds. You know who wins what rounds. But it's the way that the fight ended and the way that Volkanovski mm-hmm. looked in that fifth round and the way that Islam looked in that fifth round that made it to where everyone goes, oh, Volkanovski won that. 
well, you can take, you know, moral victories out of it and stuff, but he didn't win enough rounds. But he definitely won the fifth round, and it and the whole point of everyone as they look at, well, if there would have been a sixth round, Volkanovski definitely would have won that, right? Well, you would yeah. think, based upon the way yeah. they looked, yeah. And you don't want to be in that position in a fight with another great fighter. You know, you're tired. Being tired is the worst thing ever. That's true. But yeah, let's also remember that fight happened in Perth. <laughs> it wasn't like it was. <laughs> it wasn't like it was in Abu Dhabi. Okay, like it was. It happened in Perth. So. Uh, no, but I, I kind of, I, I just, I wonder, John, if we're going to see Charles get into the camp going, okay, look, I'm being pushed into the situation and be like, God, God forbid he gets hurt. But I'm saying like, I'm just not, I'm not ready for this right now. Like there's a lot being forced. Like I said, I was almost, I was almost forced a couple of times into taking fights. I didn't want, and I was like, you know what? No, I'm fucking, I'm 36 years old. What What am I doing? No, I've earned it. I've earned the right to say no. I'm not taking that fight. I'm not doing. It. I fought everybody you put in front of me. I'm not. I'm not doing. It. Charles Oliveira has fought every single person you put in front of him. No doubt. This is a. This is the potential chance of him not getting another shot at the title for a long time if Islam keeps the title for a while. And so, if you lose two times to the same guy, and depending on how he loses, I just and I don't and I see this fight being a lot closer this time. This will not be a one, and I called it last time. This will not be a one or two round finish. This is gonna be this is gonna be a knockdown drag out. Every now, every now and then, you get lucky, and you called that one pretty yeah. well. I'll give it to you. <laughs> oh, this guy, <laughs> this guy. Hey, man, I won six hundred dollars. Don't forget that. Not on, not on betting on my friends, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I won, I won six hundred bucks on the Duplessis Whitaker fight. Just remember That's that. Yep, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, but no, I just, I look at, this is going to be a lot tougher fight. I think mentally Islam needs to, not Islam, but Charles needs to prepare for it. He needs to understand, like he, I think he knows that. If I don't win this fight, it's going to be a long time before I get back here. And his life, and this is life changing money. This is, a, this is very important. This is not just like, okay, fucking be forced into doing it. No, man. Like I get why he's take, wants to take the time. I get it. And I also get why he doesn't want to fight him in Abu Dhabi because Islam's already there right now training. He's already there focusing on what's next. Like he, so I wouldn't be surprised if you get two weeks out or two and a half weeks out. He's like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's not my feeling it or isn't and pulls out. Just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Yep. I just, yep. and I'm not saying, I'm not saying Charles will do that. I'm just saying that it wouldn't surprise me just mentally understanding what's at stake and like, Hey, I just need more, I need more time. I don't, don't think he's in a right. position where so, he can't where he can do that. Unless he has a righteous injury, you know. I think yeah, he's, I he doesn't get hurt. He can't pull out of that. Huh? <sighs> Either way, I think it's gonna be a great fight though. I think it's gonna be a lot I think it's gonna be a longer fight than the first one. Yeah. Uh and then but then you stack this fight on top of it, what do you think? Oh, this is uh you know, it, it, there was the question in the end. You know, Paulo's name got pulled off the UFC's websites and everything. You're saying, what is going on with this? But finally, you know, you have Paulo Costa coming out, and he's got a matchup with Mr. Chimaev, and that's going to be a great, great matchup at middleweight. You know, it's going to be where Chimaev is absolutely going to be looking to take Paulo off of his feet. But a lot of people have done that. It's, it's, he's not an easy person to just get off of his feet. If he comes prepared, that's a great matchup. Yeah, this is going to be a fun fight because we're going to see, yeah. like, Paulo Costa, he's got good takedown defense when he's not being lazy and he hasn't had a glass of wine the night yep. before. Exactly. 
He's got <laughs> he's got good takedown defense. He's explosive a and he good definitely Merlot has the power. Will do it to anyone. Yeah, kind of gives you that REM sleep <laughs> that you need, right? It takes you right into it. Um, he's just we're gonna see which one which one shows up. If we see the one that fought uh, Yoel Romero, yep. then man. I mean, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a barn burner of a fight, man. It's gonna be a fantastic fight. I'm looking forward well, to it. But what was his last fight? Luke Rockhold. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and he was out was for a while good? before that fight. Yeah, he was. But I'll tell you what, in altitude, he put oh. on a hell of a fucking fight. Yeah, hell true. of a fight. I forgot it was at altitude. That's why it was in Denver. Yeah. Huh? No, Utah. Oh, it was Utah. You are right. It was Utah, yeah. Salt Lake City. Yep. Damn. But this is gonna this is gonna be a fun fight. You put you put Chamayev on that card with Islam. I mean Oh yeah. I would imagine I mean I would imagine that the Sheik's already bought all the tickets. It's all sold out. <laughs> it's all, it's done. all sold out. Yeah. Or or they build a little two hundred seat arena, it's just them. <laughs> it's just them. Oh man. But this I mean, it's it's stack just those two fights is good enough for me. Fantastic card. Fantastic card yeah. so far. It's gonna be a good. I I won't mind paying for it. Not just because it's Islam and you know, but I'm saying this. <laughs> I'm looking forward to. You know what? I gotta toot someone's horn real quick though. Is uh is Chael P. Sonnen? He said this a long time ago. He said this like over a, over a year and a half ago. He said Paulo Costa is gonna fight, or maybe a year ago. He said like, hey, Paulo Costa is gonna fight Chamayev in Abu Dhabi. He did this whole video about it all. He's da 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 da. And then remember, Paulo Costa was supposed to fight someone else. And uh, then that fight, they he just pulled it off. He just came out of it. He's not fight, didn't fight that person as of recently, and now he's gonna be fighting uh, Chimaev. So I know Chael doesn't need to get a bigger head than he normally does. Hold but on, hold guess on. what? Well, well, no, I, I'm just, I'm just want to make sure that I got this right because you're, you're giving props to Chael, and that's great. He's a great guy. Yeah. But are we gonna, are we gonna give props to him? Like these couple times when he's right. What about all the times when he's absolutely fucking wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's never been wrong. You haven't. He's undefeated. Never lost a round. Like yeah, never. Never made a mistake. Never, never. Nah, we we've hung around Chael enough to know this. That's the reality of it. He's yeah. never. He's never lost a round. He's Some undefeated. people are born perfect. <laughs> I know. It's, I'm sorry. I was just blessed that way. I mean, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All Next right, one, what, Dave. What else you got for us, Dave? All right, let's hop into some uh, news now. We got Umar injured in the Kosa uh, Hagen fight. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, pull up the video real quick. He posted on his Instagram. That's there it is. Yep. Yeah. Good yep. job, Dave. Yep. Dave's on it today. So he throws a little short oh, jab right, right there. there. Yep. It just yep. got clipped right inside, and the way the other guy moved. The way the other guy moved, just caught the arm and the shoulder. Yep, right there. Ah, You know what it proves, though? You know what it proves? That he is human. (laughs) Just like he tried to tell everyone, look, I'm human. I'm a human. I'm human. Come fight me. And this is what happens. Yep, he is human. He can get hurt like anyone. It's just that's part of training. It's just, and that's how fast it happens. Not Mm -hmm. doing anything real hard, not going crazy. But, you know, just that's fighting. I feel uh, bad for him and stuff. That would have been a great fight with him and Sanhagen. I want. I was looking forward to that, but you know what? Heal up. You know, get yourself back, and we'll see it later on down the road. Ah, that sucks. I was looking forward to that fight. I was scared, but I was looking forward to it because Sanhagen's the one that I was like, man, 
he he's the guy that doesn't make a lot of mistakes on the feet, and he's he's very mentally focused on the Dude, game did you, plan. Did you see that damn picture of Corey Sanhagen with Cub Swanson standing right next to him? Corey Sanhagen's one thirty-five. Yeah, Cub Swanson, you know, most time one forty-five, and then there was I want to say one hundred eighty-five hundred. Well, Justin Gaethje was yeah. you know, one hundred fifty-five pounds standing there too. Goddamn, Corey's bigger than all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I've had stories, man. I've had stories of fighters that trained at AKA and they said, yeah, you know, I was training uh, out there, you know, wherever Corey trains. Where's he train at? He trains at uh, Elevation. uh, Yeah, but with with Usman and those guys. But what's the the head coach's name? Trevor Whitman. Trevor. Trevor Yeah, so he trains with Trevor Whitman. So he's like, yeah, he had two, two AKA guys went out there. And they were training. They were just doing some sparring. These guys are good wrestlers. Wrestled out of Oklahoma. And they were there. They were just passing through. You know, like, hey, got about a week and a half of training out there. And then, man, you know, these both these guys fight at 55. And they were training. And they go, who the hell is that little guy right there? He's fucking piecing me up. And that was this was like before <laughs> they had known who Corey was in the UFC. This was like years ago. And they're like, he's like this little guy was just touching me and touching me and touching me. He's like, and then even when we took him down, he was able to get back to his feet. He had a good little hook, you know, what uh, TK guard, you know, the little uh, hook yep. sweeps and stuff. He was good yep. at getting back to his feet. They're like this little shit. And they're like, literally like after they got to AK, probably like a couple months later, they saw him fighting in the UFC. Like, yeah, it makes sense. But then they were surprised though, too, that he was fighting at 135. They're like, wow, we thought he was bigger because he's so tall. Yeah. And they're like, no. Started laughing, but I was I was cracking up, man. It's just funny because you we hear stories like that all the time. But yeah, I went to go train. That's how the whole thing with Cain Velasquez became. No one would fight him, so that that's why the UFC ended up signing him after one fight because no one would fight him. King of the Cage tried to get fighters to fight him. Um, uh, who was it? Strike Force. We were having a hard time. What's this? Two. What's what's that? Two fights. He fought in Strike Force and then he fought in Bodog. Oh, Bodog. That's right, Bodog. I want to say it was St. Petersburg, Florida. Yeah. I mean, St. Petersburg, Russia. Russia, Florida. Florida. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he fought in Bodog. That's correct. You are correct. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Yeah, no, he just, uh, that's how that whole thing happened. Like the same thing with Corey. Like people come in, they tell us stories. People would come in and train. Heavyweights would all come in from all around to train with Kane. To train at AKA, and they would be like, "Oh yeah, you guys have any heavyweights? Yeah, we have this young guy come in, and they're just getting fucked up by him." Like, and I was like, "Man, this guy hasn't—he's got one fight. Yeah, like, it doesn't do a lot for your confidence." <laughs> no, you're like, "Jeez," and they're like, "Yeah, I've got like I've got like 18 fights and this and that. I've been fighting for a while, you know." And, and we had UFC guys coming, like, "Look, Paul Wanatella was there. Mike Kyle was there. I mean, we've got Mike Van Arsdale was there. None of them wanted to spar with his ass." So, <laughs> all right, next, what else you got for us? All right, next story here. Um, Jake Paul had offered Nate Diaz $10 million to fight in MMA and PFL after the box. Um, Nate Diaz says it's going to cost more than that for that fight to happen. But what do you guys think about going from boxing right in MMA and doing a fight like that in the PFL? Nate's kind of also insinuating he's going back to the UFC, but that's, we don't know about that. Well, I, I think, think that, that was Nate's the, whole I, thing. Yeah. Yeah, there was Nate. Nate had a plan from the very start of what he wanted to try to do. He was gonna he was gonna fight out his contract. He was gonna get this big money fight with Jake Paul, and then he's gonna go back to the UFC and finish off a trilogy with a guy named Conor McGregor. Yeah, I don't see that's where I mean, all they, the money's at. That's perfect timing for both of them. I think. I think yep. Conor by then, you know, he'll be beefed up a little bit more by then. Hopefully, you saw it tested. 
And uh, and then Nate will come back down. Maybe they'll fight at 185. Why even bother cutting weight? Let's just fight at our natural oh, weights. Yeah, I was gonna say if you're you know looking like you know weight wise, I would be surprised if they're at 170, which is where they met both times, and which is yeah. really neither one of their weight classes. But you know, I, I I look at this with you know Jake Paul and stuff, and it's like, hey, yeah, you know, J- Jake. Jake says a lot of things as far as, oh, I just got to learn to kick and stuff. Dude, you've been kicking bags for the last three fucking years. I've watched. Yeah. You know, it doesn't take nah, that long to learn how to kick. Doesn't matter. He still can't find ways to, to fight to fight someone in his weight class. Someone in his own weight? I don't know. He's, in his own age. That's the other thing. You know, so it's like you want he wants the lighter guys that are older. It just it baffles me. But whatever. Hey, we're going to see this boxing match, and uh, I'm going to – Maybe John and I will be making an appearance down there. Ooh, let's go. <laughs> All right, what else you got for us there? All right, let's wrap up on this funny one. We got uh, <laughs> Alex Perheira and Glover to share a wrestling in a river. What the hell is going uh, on? He's drowning. <laughs> oh, man. John, you know what they say, right? Yep. Yep, it's the only game you make eye contact. <laughs> That's right. There was the beautiful picture of Shogun Hua and Vanderlei Silva. On the mats at Shootbox. <clears throat> and that thing went viral for everyone. No. It's only gay if you make eye contact. Well, yeah. <laughs> these two, they're obviously best friends, training partners, all this stuff. And and Glover. But you I, know I, how cold I, that goddamn river's got. That stream's got to be. I wonder. Woo. They must have filmed it recently. So I don't know where. They, like, it's got to be warm water. Not cold. That's not no, like super. That is it's not, not winter. Warm water. That is that is still snow coming down out of the mountains water you think so oh yeah i don't don't think so oh yeah two weeks until the fight how do you think he does against yawn i'll tell you what i think if yawn tries to stay on the feet he's in trouble and that's always been yawn's you know yawn likes to you know polish power and all that stuff i think yawn's best road to victory in this is to utilize you know that grappling same as he did against israel Put him on the ground and just beat him up on the ground as much as you can. Take away some of that speed, some of that energy. You know, you're know, you not the better stand-up fighter. Don't try to be. Can Jan get him to the ground? <clears throat> yeah, he can. Because Jan uses, and it's all about timing and everything, but Jan utilizes basically you know, a blast double. It's you know, a tackle. But he's good with it. You know, And he, he turns the corner on it and he gets you know position on guys. And so he can. He can get, you know, he can get different things out of, you know, the clinch and stuff. And he'll work the clinch and get down into a single leg and run the pipe on guys. But he's really good with that blast. Yeah. We'll see what he does. But you know, water both guys warm. can win. But I think I think if yeah, that water is definitely not warm. It looks man. warm, man. Right it looks super warm. Warm my ass. It's <laughs> a cold plunge. Ooh. Oh, shit. If he utilizes this, what? This, this is where you you get how did he get injured? He got he got stabbed by a branch as they were doing <laughs> right. jujitsu in the stream. Yeah, you what couldn't find hell? a better spot. Come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> All right, wait, well, hey, guys. That's gonna wrap up our show for this week. This is our midweek show. I know we dropped it a little bit late. Uh, I was getting some final things done, wrapping up in California, getting the rest of my uh, stuff over here to this house. I want to thank you guys so much for supporting us, being patient with us, and uh, before we leave, you guys go to WayneInMerch.com. Pick up some of our gear and our uh, merch is available there. 
There is no, we don't give discount codes because it's already pretty damn cheap. So go to WayneInMerch.com, pick up some of the merch there, post picture of yourself wearing it. I want to thank you guys. And before the last thing I want to say, we kind of got away from it, John, but I'm going to bring this shit back. Hashtag and still. We are the and still champ of the number one podcast in combat sports. Make sure you guys tell everybody about it because people that know, they know. Just let them all know again. All right. Hashtag and still. Go ahead, John. Take us away, bud. I can't beat anything he said. So for everyone out there, thank you for tuning in and we will see you.